Greetings and salutations and welcome to the Trash Fire of Talk podcast with your host, Skits M. Jones. I am your host, Skits M. Jones, rocking an impressively sore throat and with a ever-present kitty on my lap. Welcome my co-host, Kobe. You may hear her purring or licking herself or whatever she decides to do during the episode. Uh, So if you hear that, just... Uh, deal with it. We're running a low-budget operation here. Um, so I have a sore throat, which is great, because this always seems to be my curse when I have shows. So let's talk about shows. Uh, first up, tomorrow, as of the recording of this episode, November 21st, I will be at Flapjack Brewery in Berwyn, along with Gina Palm, Ricky March, and host Mike Stricker. Then Saturday, November 23rd, I will be singing with Uncouth. That's right, Uncouth is out in the burbs. We are joining Without Light and Dead Sun Rising at Metal Monkey Brewing in Romeoville. That's going to be a banger fucking show. I hope to see you all there. Finally, November 30th, closing out the month, I will be at Steph's Darling Parlor at Elbow Room. Uh, Don't know the rest of the lineup for that show yet, but every time that I've done one of Steph's shows, it has been an absolute fucking delight, Uh, so I hope to see you at that show as well. Alright, show's out of the way. Let's talk about the subject for today. Um, It's going to be a heavier episode, I'm going to warn you now. Today marks Trans Day of Remembrance. Um, It's uh, an unfortunate... It's weird calling it a holiday, because it, like, holiday infers that it's something enjoyable, and this is far from enjoyable. Um, But it is... Trans Day of Remembrance is a day where we, we mark the the passing, uh, shit, no need to waffle on the language, the killing of trans individuals within the past year. Uh, this day is marked on November 20th of every year. Um, and looking at the past year, 331 trans individuals were killed between October of last year and September of this year. Uh, Brazil had the highest number of these hate crimes with 130 killings reported. Mexico had 63, and the U.S. reported 30. Uh, In addition, uh, 3,317 trans and gender diverse people have been murdered globally since January in 2008. Um, And that's just the reported numbers. A lot of these crimes go unreported uh, because victims are either misgendered by members of the media or the families of the victims refuse to acknowledge someone's uh, uh, trans status and give incorrect information to the authorities. Um, So while these are the reported numbers, it is likely that these numbers are higher Um, out of the victims with known occupations, 
61% were sex workers. Uh, in the U.S., 85% were Native American, trans women, or trans women of color. Uh, information from the HRC says that 91% of trans women killed in the U.S. throughout 2019 were black. Uh, over 80% of the victims were under the age of 30. And out of all of the murders reported, uh, 68% of the victims lived in the American South. Uh, there has been an uptick in hate crimes, uh, specifically targeting transgender individuals, as the cultural climate has been shifting. And while in pop culture, uh, it has never been a more open time for one to be trans. Uh, there are trans people who are starring on network uh, TV series, which was, you know, unheard of prior to the past few years. However, politically, with the uh, increase of anti-trans rhetoric from the current presidential administration, uh, the banning of trans individuals from service in the military, the plethora of ridiculous bathroom laws, and other methods of um, bigotry and subjugation of trans people. It is still, uh, even with all of the media representation, uh, still very dangerous to be trans in America and throughout the world. Um, <clears throat> data from the FBI says that 1,445 people were the victims of hate crimes in which sexual orientation was the motivation. Uh, and while not all of these crimes were murders, physical attacks on transgender people reported physical attacks shot up by 34%. Uh, Trans Day of Remembrance uh, began in 1999. It was started by trans advocate Gwendolyn Ann Smith, uh, who started the day to memorialize Rita Hester, a trans woman who was stabbed to death in Massachusetts in 98 and whose murder remains unsolved to this day. Um, I thought about how I wanted to mark Trans Day of Remembrance, um, and I, I thought that, you know, because I, I, I don't want it to be a terribly heavy episode. I know this is heavy subject matter, um, but the last thing that I want to do is, you know, have, have anyone leave the podcast feeling miserable. Um, though, if anything should make one feel miserable, this is one of those things. Um, what I decided to do is, uh, for my music recommendations for this episode, I thought I would highlight, uh, some trans performers, uh, who you may not be aware of. Um, and my first pick is one I chose for a few reasons. One, uh, because I, I think it's someone who should be recognized and, and two, because it's someone who was out 
in the world uh, performing their gender in, in any way they could back in the 50s and 60s. Um, you know, a lot of talking heads will talk about how, uh, you know, there's there's more trans people now than there's ever been. Where are they all coming from? You know, it's all this, it's the media forcing a trend and, you know, our, our kids are just blindly following it. And the fact of the matter is, trans people have always been here um, and will always be here. And <clears throat> if anything has changed, it is simply the fact that now we feel more supported and more able to be open uh, than ever before. Even while it is still dangerous uh, out there, it is that there are more examples that we can look to and feel like we are not alone because the the breadth of communication via the internet, the increased representation in music and movies and television uh, are all creating a climate in which people can be their authentic selves in a way that was not heard of in the past, uh, at least in the Eurocentric uh, or Americanized past. Um, that's not to say anything about cultures that came before us, but we European motherfuckers, uh, we are stuffy, to say the least. Um, so I, I wanted to highlight a performer uh, who was around in a time where, you know, uh, it wasn't safe to be, I mean, it's still not safe to be black, depending on where you are and what other populations police or otherwise you might be interacting with, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, anyway, the first person, uh, the first performer that I want to recommend is Jackie Shane. Uh, Jackie Shane, uh, was a black trans woman born in 1940 in Nashville, Tennessee. In the fifties, she began growing out her hair, wearing makeup and jewelry and though discussions of gender were largely avoided, and Jackie was regularly identified as a man, albeit a flamboyant one, which was not unheard of at the time, though it was certainly unusual. Um, by the time in the 60s that she made it to Canada and began performing as the lead singer for Frank Motley and his Motley crew, uh, rumors spread that she had worked alongside Little Richard in her youth. Um, though that claim was never verified and likely just stemmed from her gender performance at the time, Little Richard uh, being a famously uh, flamboyant uh, queer performer um, at the time. Um, Jackie Shane was often labeled a drag queen uh, in the press during the time that she was uh, active musically, uh, when her gender was mentioned at all. As I said, uh, largely the topic of gender was avoided, and it wasn't actually until 2017 that her identity as a trans woman was directly stated on record. Um, she was active all throughout the 60s with a handful of single releases, uh, an album, 
and a bootleg recording of a live performance. Uh, and uh, at one point, uh, Jackie Shane was offered, uh, but ultimately turned down a musical guest spot on the Ed Sullivan show uh, after she was told she could only perform if she presented as male while she did so. Uh, so she turned that down, uh, which is a, a big deal because at the time, the Ed Sullivan show, like that's where the Beatles broke. That's, you know, Elvis made a splash on the Ed Sullivan show. The Ed Sullivan show was where you wanted to be. And in order to be true to herself, she turned that performance down. Um, <clears throat> uh, she began to fade from the scene in the 70s after turning down an offer to join George Clinton's Funkadelic in order to instead uh, care for her ailing mother. Uh, in the 2010s, her music found a bit of a resurgence, due in part to some documentaries that were made about her career and her status as a trans pioneer. And in 2017, her music was compiled into a double album with her past singles, her solo album, and the previously mentioned live bootleg recording all included. And that album was nominated for the 2017 Grammys in the Best Historical Album category. Uh, Jackie Shane passed in February of this year, 2019, at the age of 78. And the track that I chose for this episode is her 1962 single, Any Other Way, which is a cover originally by William Bell. And a notable element of uh, Jackie Shane's version of, of the song is the lyric, tell her that I'm happy, tell her that I'm gay. Um, and when it was originally recorded, gay was uh, simply meant as a synonym for happy. Uh, but in Jackie Shane's version, gay uh, took on the double meaning of referring to not just happiness, but also sexuality, uh, which, you know, gay currently is predominantly used when referring to sexuality, uh, but at the time it was not in the mainstream lexicon just yet. Um, so yeah, check out Jackie Shane. Uh, for a more recent uh, trans musician, I thought about including one of the most known and obvious choices, Laura Jane Grace of the band Against Me, because honestly she's one of my favorite performers, someone whose music and experience uh, and, and public coming out was so influential on me and my own exploration and, and growing with my own understanding of my experience with gender. Um, but I thought instead I'd highlight a, another performer who came out as trans around the same time but received decidedly less press about it. Uh, partly perhaps because she's a fucking weirdo and I love her for that. Um, so it's uh, Mina Caputo, who is the singer for metal band Life of Agony. Uh, the band formed in the late 80s, um, but it, it blew up on the scene with the release of 1993's debut album, River Runs Red. Uh, it's a concept album that focuses on uh, suicide while also exploring themes of abuse, alcoholism, and abandonment. The band debuted on Roadrunner Records when, at the time in the metal scene, that was a huge fucking deal. Uh, two more albums followed, uh, and then Mina left the band. Uh, the band tried to continue without Mina to little success before calling it quits. 
Uh, Mina worked on a number of other projects, including some solo albums during this time, but eventually Life of Agony reformed in 2003 and continue on until 2011 when the band split once more. And it was in 2011 uh, that Mina came out as trans, uh, though this was not the reason for the band's breaking up. Um, the members of the band, you know, some of them wanted to stay home with their families or work on other projects. Uh, plus, none of them were feeling especially inspired to write more um, Life of Agony music at that time. However, once again, it wasn't long before the band reformed, uh, this time in 2014, and began performing and working on new material uh, for the first time since Mina came out as trans. Uh, what followed was the band's first release in 12 years, 2017's well-received A Place Where There's No More Pain, this time on Napalm Records. Uh, this year saw the release of the album The Sound of Scars, and it's an album that brought the band full circle, acting as a sequel to River Runs Red, uh, picking up directly after the end of that album and what is revealed to be a failed suicide attempt. Um, and the album explores what life is like following a near-death experience, especially one that occurred by one's own hand. Uh, the recommended track for this episode is uh, Scars, which was the lead single off that 2019 album, Sound of Scars. So there you go. There's your music recommendations uh, for the episode. Um, I feel like I should also recommend, you know, I, I mentioned trans performers uh, being on, on television in a way that was never before seen. Um, a show that you should check out if you haven't already, I know I've recommended it in the past, is Pose on FX. It has the largest uh, queer cast ever, um, the most trans representation on screen ever in a uh, you know broadcast television show. It's on Netflix now, uh, seasons one and two. Um, I also want to mention that uh, one of the stars of that show, um, India Moore, uh, who portrays Angel on the show is also in the upcoming movie uh, Queen and Slim. Uh, so not only getting that, that television recognition, but also uh, some upcoming film success as well. And it looks like that movie, uh, which hasn't to my, I don't believe it's out just yet, um, but that movie looks like it's going to be a, uh, a powerful one. Uh, and one that I look forward to seeing. So, there are your recommendations for the episode. Uh, let's move on to the final segment of the, of the show, which is the tarot pull. Uh, this episode, I am pulling from uh, local Chicago artist uh, Isabella Rotman's This Might Hurt tarot deck. Uh, it's the newest edition of my collection, and if you follow me on social media, which you should because I'm fucking delightful, you've probably seen me post about this deck, uh, as, as I, I literally just got it in the mail. Um, if you want to follow me on social media and you don't already, you can do so at Skits Jones, all one word, S-K-I-T-Z-J-O-N-E-S, -E on most all of the things, um, or just look for Skits M. Jones. 
uh, on Facebook and whatnot. <clears throat> anyway, pulling from this deck, uh, the card that I have pulled is the Three of Swords, uh, also known as the Heartbreak card. Um, and when something breaks your heart, it's it's the worst feeling in the world. You know, it's it's all-encompassing. It feels like the pain comes from everywhere. You know, things can spark painful memories, or you see the person or the thing or whatever it is that broke your heart, and it's easy to just feel shattered all the time. Um, but the Three of Swords is a, it's a warning card uh, to not let heartbreak become so all-encompassing that you lose yourself and you simply identify as a heartbroken person. That becomes the all-encompassing, you know, defining characteristic of your personality. Like, sad can be great, you know, sad and heartbroken can inspire great art and great works, uh, and, and sometimes it's just one of those life experiences, like, people get their heart broken, it happens, um, but you've, it, it's, it's great in the short term, it's hell in the long term, you know, and you've got living and shit yet to do, you know, if you're still breathing, you are not done yet, you know, so don't get stuck in your heartbreak. Use it as motivation for whatever is next, you know, and maybe your heart isn't broken and you have no idea what this card could be referring to. So ask yourself, have you broken any hearts lately? You know, look at the folks you've interacted with, not just romantically, friends, family, you know, any number of people. If through your actions you have caused some hurt recently, now is a good time to look at the hows and whys of it and assess if you need to make amends or even just check in with people. It's never a bad idea to check in with the, the folks in your life. You know, a, a lot of us carry secret pains all day, every day that we just never think to bring up to people or we don't want to burden people, but we would love to be relieved of the weight of it. And you know, basically just look out for each other. The world can be incredibly hurtful. And, you know, as, as today's un unfortunate marked holiday reminds us, it can be downright dangerous out there, you know? So as, as Bill and Ted would say, be excellent to each other, you know? Um, and as I would say, as I say, every episode, Keep that trash fire burning, y'all. If you're still here, I know that usually like a goat or a cow mooing is what happens to close out the episode. Um, instead, today, uh, I thought given the subject matter, I would, uh, as is... Uh, tradition for Trans Day of Remembrance, um, read the names of uh, those who were killed and have been named um, uh, as, as is tradition for the vigil. Um, so, Brianna B.B. Hill, 30 years old. Tali Marlowe, 29 years old. Jalea Jamar, 
Age not listed. B. Love Slater, 23 years old. Bailey Reeves, 17 years old. Tracy Single, 22 years old. Bubba Walker, 55 years old. Pebbles Ladime Doe, 24 years old. Kiki Fontroy, 21 years old. Denali Berries Stuckey, 29 years old. Brooklyn Lindsay, 32 years old. Zoe Spears, 23 years old. Janelle Skurlock, 23 years old. Janelle Lindsay, 26 years old. Paris Cameron, 20 years old. Michelle Tamika Washington, 40 years old. Malaysia Booker, 23 years old. Claire Legato, 21 years old. Ashanti Carmen, age unlisted. Jazeline Ware, age not listed. Dana Martin, 31 years old. Laylene Polanco, 27 years old. Johanna Joa Medina Leon, 25 years old. May they all rest in power. May their names be remembered. And may we do better next year.